Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. everybody and welcome to the kachat it's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question hey what's up with cars i'm lucas southworth and i'm john bishop man every once in a while when i do the intro i've just realized i've said that i don't know tens of times and probably said it just randomly several more times so i just try to make the words sound a little different each time, but I don't, I think it makes them sound weirder rather than just unique, you know? Mm. See, I've got a pause, and that pause has to be, like, microseconds different every single time, so it's real difficult because there's only, like, two seconds to work with. I assume between, hey, what's up with cars? That no, pause? it's, uh, and I'm John Bishop. See, that's too long. Yep. If I could give a note, that's too long. See, that's that's the that's the point. You only get like two seconds where it can be a noticeable pause, but like not so long that it's like, oh, this guy got he just forgot his name. Speaking as the one who edits this in in uh, Audacity and like sees how long two seconds is, two seconds is way, way, way too long. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, but I it's do. Gotta exist. But the pause between "Hey" and "What's up with cars" is I I do the exact same thing. I can't mm-hmm. I can't make fun of you. See the beauty of it is yeah. With "Hey, what's up with cars?" you can just start like squeaking a little bit into the word like "Hey, what's up with cars?" What's up with cars? Yeah, you just you draw out that W. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this has been our podcast within a podcast where we discuss how to do an intro to a podcast, just called. Uh, podcasts 101 an introduction to podcasts mm-hmm. funny enough usually the title is longer than the podcast yeah yeah that's one of my i'm proud of that one an introduction to podcasts was one of my uh, I'm, I'm proud of that joke it's one of my favorite uh podcasts when the podcast bits i've done mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway john now that we're finished with podcasts 101 an introduction to podcasts what are we talking about this week? Well, we're of course doing a, a car, Rick and Morty. We're not. I'm sorry, Jack. I don't know why he would say that. You've asked for car, Rick and Morty, so cars, Rick and Morty, or Rick and Morty oh, origin come stories. Come on, Lucas. We got. Can we at least do one of the suggestions? You know. Okay. We're not gonna. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. It's Lucas. <laughs> We're straight up. We we don't really want to do cars, Rick and Morty. We've talked about it a little bit, actually, in a few episodes. Yeah, think... uh, Lucas doesn't want to do a car, Rick and Morty. It's true. <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm guessing John also doesn't and is throwing the blame on me a bit, but... No, I, I'm perfectly happy to do one because it gives me a reason to finish watching uh, season four. I got hung up on it and just stopped for a bit because like normally I would watch it at work, but <laughs> well, I wouldn't watch it at work. I would watch like a show at work, sure. but that's not a show I would watch at work. For sure. I get that. And don't get me wrong. I like Rick and Morty. Nothing against it. I just don't want to do an episode of our podcast about it. But Jack, John is right. <laughs> we should do something for you to make up for it. And that's go back to an email you straight up send us in February, uh, <laughs> in which you requested. We did another episode of our fabulous sub-series, Pixcar Studios, <laughs> about Ratatouille. Or as you titled it, Oil Atui. Or if you read it incorrectly, Weed Atui. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. See, the issue with Oil Atui, and I, I see where you're going with it, Jack. Uh, it sort of plays off of oil almost being later in the word. I don't think it's bad. It just doesn't read very well. So I think we may go with Race Atui. Or did you have anything better, John? I like uh, Ratatouille. Yeah, throw the oil and towards the end. Hmm. We'll have to debate on that further. Future Lucas will have chosen one and titled it. And since I know Future Lucas pretty well, he may have chosen mine, quite frankly. But It, it does seem likely that if you were to se- select one of the options, that the one you select would be the one that you liked. Makes sense, man. Hey, if you want, uh, you, you've added the podcast, you can call it Ratatouille. I've offered, but at this point, it would only be worse because I offered pretty early on and was not taken up on it so i've given up <laughs> just like my attempts to take care of a uh, crying child at like three in the morning uh my wife gets mad at me for attempting two times and i just decide you know she likes this time so i'll just give it to her and yep yeah. that's not worked out either <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah yes uh th- this is a roundabout way to say, yeah, thank you, Jack, for sending in that idea, especially for sending it in so long ago and being patient with us as we work through some backlog and other random ideas before we got to it. But we are very excited to another episode of Pixcar Studios. John, do you remember how to do an episode of Pixcar Studios? Not at all. And also, I do want to uh, clarify that in our defense, uh, we've only actually recorded like a surprisingly small amount of episodes since february no yeah we things got pretty spotty there for a minute mostly because of meek so uh uh sorry and i'm not gonna say not sorry even though i'm tempted just because of like culture but like yeah yeah, i I, yeah i'm just sorry about that that's fine they can't expect we're not monkeys on a a freaking leash john we're not puppets we do episodes that they want us to do when we want to do them but we still do them uh (laughs) So anyway, uh, if I remember right, Pixar Studios is in-universe, John. Within the Cars universe, there exists Pixar Studios that makes their own version of Pixar movies with cars. Mm. Most famously, I don't know about famously, but (laughs) most prominently uh, in the credit sequence for the original Cars, they're at a drive-in, they watch versions of i think bugs life toy story and monsters inc but they're cars Mm. uh and we thought well if they done 
three of them, they've probably done more of them. <laughs> so we thought, well, uh, how would, how would, what was the first one we did? Finding Nemo? Fueling Nemo? That sounds right. Sounds right. How would that look? And here we are doing another one about a movie about food and rats in France. All right. So let's just jump right into it, John. What would Ratatouille look like in a world without rats? Or well, hair? Important. Uh, I'm just going to talk about my most recent experience with rats, sure. which is actually my most recent experience with mice, and that is uh, sleeping about three hours less, maybe, uh, due to hearing squeaking all night because there is a mouse in your house and a cat who is doing a bad job of killing it or maybe a good job of playing with it. <laughs> Great. That doesn't sound fun, actually. That is, uh, we've had we had mice at my parents' place a lot, and they're they're never fun. Yeah, I got a I got a very sadistic murder cat, mm. and what this cat likes to do is find animals that are smaller than it, sure, and then kill them usually very slowly, uh, and drag them into the house sometimes after they're dead. Okay, not usually. Yeah. So this mouse was in the house probably for like 24 hours or more. Uh, And uh, man, there was a lot of squeaking, which (laughs) raises the question, uh, what would, what would Roomba kill? Okay. Roundabout way to ask that question, especially when we haven't reestablished that we think Roombas are genetically altered robot cats in the cards Mm -hmm. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we do know the big thing about uh, Roombas, which I want to say their little acronym is D-O-N, Dirt and Odor Neutralizers, Mm. which pretty good, is I'm pretty sure that in their bio, I'm going here, yeah, their whole thing is they hunt down bacteria dust and grime with extreme prejudice with a patented forced stage process the housekeeper locates dirt stalks it tricks the dirt into thinking it can't see it and then eliminates it without mercy so this is maybe a boring answer but dirt (laughs) it kills dirt okay but like you can't make a movie about dirt that wants to cook okay i see you're trying okay (laughs) i did not make the connection about I should have, but I did not make the connection about why you were asking this. You're trying no, to. No, it's it's okay. It, I separated it too many degrees because instead of talking about rats, I was talking about mice. Yeah, and you, to be fair, you also told a long story about your cat murdering things in the middle of it. A story I, woke, I enjoyed. I woke up one day and there was just a a very large dead bird in the room. That's not it's good. Very upsetting. Yeah, it would be. Okay, but you're trying to reverse engineer what the protagonist of Race to Toily would be. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just compromise, John. Race a Toily? Race a Toily. Sure. Do that one, future Lucas. Unless we come up with a better one in the next hour or so. You're trying to figure out what the protagonist of Race a Toily would be. Mm-hmm. Dirt would be difficult, but in its limited defense, pretty limited defense, Dirt, while it can't be a good protagonist of a movie, Dirt also can't think, but 
Also, in the bio for Dawn, Dirt no- Odor Neutralizer, the Roomba, it says that it tricks the dirt into thinking it can't see it. So, maybe dirt is sentient. Maybe. And also, we do have to remember that uh, animating just the idea of filth being sentient is... It's happened. And it was really good. And it was also... I want to say good old uh, uh, Tim Curry. John, I don't know what... As always, you've just sort of vaguely gestured towards a movie that I'm not also thinking about. Fern Gully. Okay, sure. I've, I've actually not seen Fern Gully. Okay, well, uh, I want to say it's Toxic Love is the name of the song. I'd like you take, I'd like you to take a minute and just sit right there. And I'm going to tell you all about how this is a great song. Sure. I'm, I, I have been sitting, so I'm ready. It's a, it's a very good song. It's, uh, I'm it's glad a, I was sitting down for that. It's about, uh, it's, it's a sludge monster that represents corporate greed destroying the world. And it's, I think, Tim Curry. And uh, he's singing this a, a, a jazzy tune while he's like becoming sludge inside of a machine that's deforesting at the moment. Ooh. And it it's just really good. Man, this is quite a bit of a side note, but John just talked for a while about Fern Gully. Uh, so have I ever told you, I can't remember if I said it to Liz or Liz said it to me, but we sometimes talk about how sometimes I don't know if it's unintentional or not. You talk a bit like you're a title of a BuzzFeed article. Like that is intentional. Okay. You you sort of vaguely gesture to some something, but don't don't disclose what it is as if you're trying to clickbait someone but in person. That is essentially what I'm attempting to do. I'm trying to get you to either answer the question or be so curious that I have like a reason to expound. Yeah, for a while, it didn't frustrate me, but I just got very stubborn about it, and I decided that every time you would do that, I would not bite. And I just eventually learned, like, it's not worth it. Let's just ask John what he's referring to. Yeah, I will admit, uh, my habit in that situation is to always double down. No, I know. I, it's I, why I'm I very bad at gambling. <laughs> Fair enough, man. But anyway... Yes, as you've apparently seen in Fern Gully, the concept of filthiness can be a character. Mm-hmm. And, very importantly, can be on top of a car. Well, I do believe he was inside of the, I don't know, uh, deforesting mo- mobile. It was just like a one of those construction vehicles. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say what it is, but it looked like it was somehow a... Okay, you know the uh, steer, I guess, when they were cow tipping? Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those, but bigger and for trees. I want to say his name's Frank. That sounds right. Yeah, spooky devil cow. When I was trying to think of its name, all I could think of is it's, I think it's just like weirdly normal. And it was. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah, but I was saying... I wasn't actually referring to it being inside of the de- deforestation machine. I was saying just like 
dirt can be on top of a car in you general. Know, that is also true. <laughs> yeah. So if our protagonist is just dirt, which folks, I'm going to say right here at the top, I don't know if we're going to commit to that for the whole episode, but we'll see. I hope we don't. <laughs> Me too. But we're talking about it now, so let's keep talking about it. If it was the concept of filthiness, that'd be pretty... I mean, it would be good in that, like, at least it is also viewed as something undesirable, like Remy the Ratatouille. Something that is not allowed in a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. But Something that I'm going to be uncomfortable about watching a movie about it preparing food. For sure, yeah. Listen, folks, Ratatouille is a masterpiece, but, like, sometimes I get a little bit like, I mean, he is a rat, though. He is they a rat, and his best friend is a rat, and all of his family is a rat. And, like, sure, they take quick baths, but they're really gross. And, like, the scene where he directs, where there's no humans involved, and he just directs all of his rat brethren to cook the meal. Like, that's a cool scene, but I sure wish the rats weren't touching the food. And I know I've been watching Ratatouille this whole time, and I'm supposed to be like, hey, man, rats are cool, actually. But I still live in the world and know what rats are, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And we we do know that, like, the bubonic plague, don't know why that's so hard to say, Mm -hmm. uh, was a bunch of rats that got everybody killed. So, yeah. Oh man, that scene where it's just the rats, no humans involved in the cars first, in this version at least, with just (laughs) clouds of dust and dirt and mud going and grabbing food would be, yeah, I'd say worse. It's it's Pigpen, but without the actual human. (laughs) But without Pigpen. (laughs) That, That just noxious fume cloud is what's preparing your food cool we'd love that uh, we'd love that <laughs> and like the the problem i guess with that is of course that yes they do like do a quick dip in the sink for yeah. baths um and there was a show i can't remember its name but michael j fox was in it for a bit and uh, it was about business and then, like, there was one episode where they did a prank on their boss, and it was, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of uh, manure or fertilizer, and then we put it on the boss's desk. And then someone said, oh, well, I uh, I cleaned it. And they're like, what do you mean you cleaned it? Well, it just it was so stinky and dirty, so I wanted to clean it. I was like, so there isn't anymore? I don't know what happened. You You cleaned the manure. Yeah. Okay, and that was like the leaving it unsaid of you just cleaned poop, and uh, that's why there isn't any more. Yeah. I think if they were to take a bath and they were dirt, they would just die. Yeah, that's sort of the purpose of cleaning and bathing is to destroy dirt, grime, and gross things. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah... (laughs) I can't disagree with you. Maybe, okay, maybe they could instead, like, inhabit things. Like, I don't know, they're already amorphous blobs of dirt and grime. Why can't they, like, 
inhabit some well there wouldn't be gloves in the cars verse i guess but something akin to a glove you know and use that or just hold a big stick and use the stick to pick stuff up that could work but i did think of something a little bit more just painful to think about okay what if it was just like clumps of rust Mm, don't like that but yeah that would be more on brand we haven't really mentioned cars in a while we've just been talking about sentient dirt all right so there's so many things that are difficult to think about and one of them that is just gonna be i need to talk about this at some point there's a joke that uh the reason xehanort is so powerful in kingdom hearts Sure. Is because one of the most powerful characters in the entire universe is a person who can control any being so yeah. long as it has hair. Oh, okay. Because Xehanort's and, bald. Yeah, Xehanort is bald and Remy can't control the bald man. Incredible. Sorry, I I forgot we were talking about a Disney property. Sometimes I disconnect with this this franchise so much I forget that's you know a real franchise of movies and yeah. you just saying the word xehanort in our podcast gave me whiplash almost <laughs> i was i was very confused but no i got i got gotcha. you yeah so so that's a thing to think about side note on this side note uh his name instead of remy is Rimmy because rim so that's fun Quite frankly, John, I don't, I don't see the difference in the two things you just said. Uh, Remy and Remy? R-E-M sure. versus R-I-M? Oh, that's something I struggle with, actually, genuinely. Mm, like pin pen? Straight up, I, those sound the same. Liz gets so, so mad at me. Like, genuinely frustrated. Because she claims that I say them differently, but I claim that I say them the same. Same with uh, Ben and Ben. Okay. With an I and an E. Uh, I, I do not hear the difference. I, I remember saying that those were, what is it, homophones? They sound they're, sound the exact same. And she yes. said, well, not really. They're almost. And I went, what are you talking about? I do not understand. Yeah, uh, that's just a linguistic thing called the pin-pen merger. Yeah. Or as a lot of people who have that issue, the pin-pin merger. Yeah, yeah, like... I, I guess I believe her that I say them differently uh, subconsciously, but I cannot hear the difference, nor can I intentionally do it when I'm thinking about it. All right. Uh, let's test it out. Sure. You need to write something and you don't have a pencil. What do you use? A pen. You uh, are going to a fancy event and someone got you a nice little thing to stick through your clothing. What is that called? A corsage. <laughs> or a boutonniere, actually. <laughs> See, okay, I messed it's... up my joke. A, a pin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, th- I think you said those the same. I don't know, man. I'm too in my head about it to know if I'm if I'm messing with the results or not. Yeah, I imagine it's especially prevalent in the South, but I have no basis for that. Oh, it's worse in the South because sometimes we'll make four-letter words the same if it's two E's. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I grew up, I didn't realize that crown and crayon were pronounced differently until literally middle school. Lucas, until like last year, I didn't realize that my aunt, for 
her entire life and my entire life was named Cheryl. Ooh, what did they what what did they call this woman? Cheryl. Fascinating. Her name was Cheryl. And I've never been so so deep in uh, being from Kentucky that I called a creek a crick. Uh, but I, that's always been one of my favorites. <laughs> Favorite things. Kentucky Southernisms. See, I don't know if this is a Southernism or just a thing that like different sporadic parts say. Uh, but Warsh gets Ooh. me so hard. Warsh is so good. I am right there with you. And then you ask the same person, okay, but first president, what was he named? And they can say that right. Oh, for sure. But it's a wash rag, not a wash rag. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Oh, boy. While we're on the concept of accents and pronunciation, do we want to dive into Cars France? Um, sure. Sure. Uh, Oh, boy. You know what? No. No, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have anything funny. <laughs> All right, uh, Lucas, go ahead and read my name for everyone. Carget, like baguette, I guess. Nope. Car, car, carget, carget. It's a. Uh, it is of course a pun on courgette, which uh, is, as I'm sure you know, sure a, a zucchini. Mm, I took two years of French, so. I don't know if that's a French thing or not. Oh, okay. It's just I'm I've looked up, of course, uh this could be a wiki quote of the day, but it's just I've I'm on Wikipedia right now and it's the recipe for ratatouille. Oh, well, I mean you used to do the the or I mean I don't know about used to, but you haven't done it in a minute, the fun fact, not so fun fact. That could be your fun fact. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> uh the main ingredients for ratatouille are vegetables. Uh, <laughs> including tomatoes, onions, courgette, which is zucchini, uh, aubergine, which is, of course, eggplant, mm-hmm. uh, capsicum, which is, of course, bell peppers. Yeah. Uh, and then there's garlic, marjoram, fennel, and basil, or bay leaves, and thyme. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, there are three names in there that are just not what the Americans would say. Yeah, I knew aubergine and capsicum. I've never heard courgette though. I had, I did not know about capsicum. Yeah, I don't know why I knew that, but I did for some reason. But yeah, I gotta say, as good of a job as Pixar does about making the food in Ratatouille look absolutely delicious, the Ratatouille specifically, just because I could tell what it was, just like a bunch of vegetables on a plate, I was like, I get it, but me being me. <laughs> An adult man with the palate of a teenage boy. Uh, I, I, the ratatouille never looked appetizing to me. Well, that was, I believe, the point. It was, hey, this is considered a like run of the mill, not fancy at all. Poor people eat this to feel fancy type dish. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, like butter noodles. If you're poor in the u.s but john i could get down on some butter noodles i mean who can't they're amazing (laughs) yeah but uh the whole thing about ratatouille is he made this thing that for anyone watching or anyone who knows about it shouldn't be like phenomenal and he managed to make it the best thing that man had eaten ever no yeah for sure 
and I, I I get and under I I agree that that's the point. I'm not saying it looked like uh, not great or like ooh low class food like the the movie is trying to sort of put out. I'm saying I looked at it went ooh yucky tomatoes no thank you please. <laughs> like an eight year old boy. Oh yeah, I uh, to this day I don't like eating tomato. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just never been for me. And you are married to maybe the pickiest eater I've ever met. So I'm sure you understand completely. I grew up being told that I was one of the pickiest people on the face of this earth. And then I married someone who uh, makes me look like the just garbage can who will accept anything that is edible. (laughs) Because seriously, uh, I learned to like certain foods because I wanted to try more things, even if I knew I didn't like them in the past. And I've uh, gotten used to certain things like onions. I used to hate them, like them now, mm-hmm. things like that. But I, I just can't sometimes because she likes like one food, like <laughs> she likes bread, for sure. She likes a lot of sweet things. Yeah, uh, and she likes uh, several meats. I won't say most meats. She likes several. Like she likes steak, she likes chicken, she can do pork, but other than that and like noodles, nah, she's probably good. Yeah, and like, I don't know, man. That's the way Lizzie chooses to live her life. More power to her. But I too, and like I still am, am a pickier than than average eater. I've gotten a lot better as an adult, but like especially when I first met Lizzie, I was a pretty picky eater. But yeah, she regularly made me feel better about that. I'll tell you, that's, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <sighs> but enough about mocking John's wife. <laughs> I would say we were mocking her. We're just sort of telling facts about her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the concept of cooking in cars, and we've talked a ton about food in cars, but like high level cooking is interesting to me mm-hmm. in the cars first. So do we want to discuss that? <laughs> I mean, we're still on a tangent within a tangent and have not yet decided what we think rats are. No, yeah, for sure. I know. I we know. We should get back to that. Yeah. And part of me is afraid that the answer's just going to be like Hot Wheels. No, yeah. Remote control car, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I've been saving this. Hear My vision. Out, I okay. gotta say it. Here, okay. Well, if it's Beyblades. Ooh, okay, that's good stuff. John, it's good stuff. You always deliver. <laughs> what if Beyblades are rats? Because they're not a vehicle. Yeah. But also they're kind of a vehicle. They're but in a really dumb way. They're about as close you as you can get to a vehicle without being a vehicle. Uh, their whole thing is rotation. Sure. Uh, they're small. Many of them have motors inside of them, and the if you count like the bit, the the little clip you put in at, as the uh, beast, you could say that's the thing it's transporting. So it's a vehicle, <laughs> which I yeah, obviously it's a very big stretch, but it's there. Did you say some Beyblades have motors? Yeah. Oh, I guess there were are ones you can like remote control, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, is that what you were thinking of? Yeah. Okay. Well, not like 
a car engine. <laughs> no, yeah, I knew that, but I thought people maybe just like let it rip and then that activated the engine and it went buck wild down there. <laughs> uh, but Lucas, no, that makes the worst sense. part is that is a thing, but not in that way. It wasn't a motor. There were a, a kind of Beyblade that had like metal marbles or uh, just little spheres in them. And the whole thing is you would spin it and then they would like move outward and cause it to just go crazy a bit. Mm, man, what a better time that was. <laughs> Simpler. Man. We just had I got tops. a Beyblade that was like, uh, I got it like four years ago just to see how Beyblades were now. And I'm so disappointed because there's so much more like, I, I don't want to be a boomer, <laughs> but like, you don't build them. There are three pieces now. When yeah. I got a Beyblade, it was like 20 pieces. And when you had your Beyblade fly apart, it was an ordeal. It was straight up dangerous. There were <laughs> sharp-ish pieces of metal coming at you. Like the the metal on this one versus the one I had. Uh, the one I had, it was like this weird circle around it. And it had just like connectors on the inside and it could fly off. This one, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just the center piece of three pieces. Mm. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's designed to where it can pop off, but it's not moving more than like a foot if it does. But the old ones, again, there were just tiny bits that could fly off. And that was part of the excitement is that, oh, this thing, you had to build it. It's a ridiculous ordeal. And then you spin it and you don't know if it's going to survive or if it's going to hurt. Yeah. Real quick, tiny tangent to this tangent. Have you seen the scene from the Beyblade anime where Moses parts the Red Sea with a Beyblade? On more than one occasion. Gosh, if you haven't, folks, I mean, I've sort of spoiled the fun of it by telling you like those words are fun on their own without seeing it, but seeing it's good too. Uh, Absolutely. You need to watch it. It's, it's just like someone explaining, Oh yeah. Beyblades have been around since all the time. And all these events happened because of, yeah, they claim that Moses used, he let it rip and that's what split uh, the Red Sea. Man, the power of God was in that Beyblade and that's very good. But I think, Going back to the motored Beyblades, I think one of them could be Remy. Just because... Sorry, I just heard Liz laugh at the sentence, one of the motored Beyblades could be Remy, which I get it. It was a funny sentence I said. (laughs) But maybe that would explain his a bit more, you know, nuanced being, you know, a Mm -hmm. bit uh, more intelligence. Although, I, I don't know. I also kind of like... The whole point of Ratatouille is literally anyone can cook, anyone can be an artist. So I don't want to then give Remy something special that makes him, you know, an artist. Okay, okay. I mean, another part of the old Beyblades that I really liked is that because there were so many pieces, you could switch out various things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that, like, the difference in Remy would be, of course, an artistic difference. So, like, it wouldn't be that he's functionally different. It's that he's just, uh, he doesn't seem the same because of the way he's presented or built. Because even now, there's 
a weird meta in Beyblade where you can have one that's designed to uh, hit hard or one that's designed to be like really well balanced, but also easier to break apart. Mm -hmm. So like he could just be a specific type of Beyblade that his father's like, I just don't understand you. That could work. Okay. I think a big thing to decide, John, is are we keeping this movie about cooking? Is the metaphor going to be one-to-one or is it going to be, if it's a Beyblade, maybe he, no, because he has to go against what Beyblades do. I was going (laughs) to say maybe he wants to be a demolition derby guy, but I think his dad and brother would be super into that, actually. Yeah, it's got to be something that's like artistic in a way that people would make fun of. Yeah, I'm fine keeping it as cooking, you know. Uh, I just want to decide if that's what we want to do, you know? I think it is. Yeah. But if it weren't, it would probably be something like uh, detailing. That could be good. Yeah. You could be friends with Ramon. Mm-hmm. And I guess his special thing that like, oh, the thing that makes him really good at cooking is that he can do, I don't know, circles really well. Yeah, man. Okay. I'm not going to sell the idea of Beyblade rats down the river because I am actually quite enamored with it. But can I tell you what's been my secret vision of this movie the whole time? Please do. Okay. So, John, we have established in this world uh, that there is some sort sort of entity or being called the manufacturer uh, akin to a god. But we have said that maybe the manufacturer is actually a race of subterranean humans. So I really love the idea of Remy being a member of the manufacturer. Like he is a subterranean human who wants to be a car chef, I guess. And the way he controls Linguini car, uh, is he just gets inside him and drives him. I do love it. Yeah. It's really good. And the whole, like, it, they're underground. It's so perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of really, I kind of really love it. The problem is... Yeah, tell me the problem. Our theory is still only a theory. And we can't say that, like, oh, yeah, of course it's going to be this. Just because, like... Yeah, you know, the humans that exist. Yeah, but what if we let that stop us? We we often in our things, like, just say, oh, and of course, since Mater is a god, uh, like, we gotta remember, we decided that. <laughs> There's lots of evidence, I would argue. <laughs> just like I would argue evidence of the, the manufacturer, uh, the manufacturers, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. But I get, I get the issue. Uh, if we want to abandon it, that's fine. I will say my only demand is uh, Remy, the human Tui, would in fact be designed exactly like Linguini from from Ratatouille. N- n- for like, not as a connection to Ratatouille, the the car, the animators, the vanimators at Pixar Studios uh, wouldn't even know that that's what they were doing. I just think that'd be fun. But what if, okay, 
I do like it. What if Liguidi, uh, or Remy, I suppose, is who is a human, is controlling the car, but uh, what's that on top of his head? <laughs> He's being Ratatouille to Ratatouille the car chef. So, in He's your got a new... Beyblade on his head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not It's not Ratatouille two times. It's just Ratatouille with the human being a body for the rat, which is a Beyblade. I don't know. Maybe. We have sometimes decided that the humans are just in there. It's a rare theories of our, theory of ours, but I think we've said that once or twice. So maybe in this one, in the cars, there are just people probably like very much connected to the vehicles themselves, but in a less symbiotic w- way than like our usual squishy bit theory. So maybe uh, ba- ba- Remy the Beyblade Dewey <laughs> just gets in there and gets on the driver's head. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Sure. <laughs> Remy the Beyblade Dewey is a phrase that's going to be in my head for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think manufacturer is just perfect for it. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, they're just people. And they're the rats of this world, except they make everything work. And they're like worshipped, but also viewed as rats at the yeah. same time. And there's just one who wants to cook. But specifically, he wants to cook for cars. Yes. So I could see it being like, to explain the sort of reverence and disgust, I could see the like, uh, the actual humans being viewed as like drones of the manufacturer. Like there, I, I think there isn't a higher being above the humans, but the cars think there is. So they, they sort of have reverence for this being that sends these folks to provide for them. But they also think the folks they send are disgusting. Oh, I, okay. So, it's the same way that it's like, oh, it's Mother Earth. Everyone thinks of nature and Mother Earth as being like, oh, that's the creator and all this stuff. But when you see a rat, even though that's a part of nature, you never assume that that's anything more than just a rat, except the manufacturer is humanity and not, in fact, the planet, but they assume that it's like nature instead. So they just, they worship the manufacturer. They just don't know that that's not like the earth. And instead it is in fact these rats. Yeah. Like, and I think this doesn't go against like, like I'm not trying to say there's no God in the cards universe. Cause they're still like, I maintain that let's call it manufacturism is separate from Cartholicism. <laughs> Sorry, I got caught up in what I was saying for a second. Yes, uh, of course. Sure. Just this god isn't real, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, and it's well, the just, problem is, it is, it's just not a god. Yeah, it's just a race just of people. benevolent subterranean humans. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Okay, so we've got Remy, the person, Tui. He is going to find... There's got, there's Linguini seem, Lamborghini. Yeah? Yep. Yes. 
he's going to find Lamborghini, which is rough because Linguini is viewed as like kind of the worst and by most people. So having to be a Lamborghini is rough, but oh well. <laughs> uh, so anyway. If there's one thing you need to know about cars, the movie is that their name doesn't need to make sense. It just has to be a car pun. That's true. You're absolutely right. And thank you for reminding me of that. Lamborghini is probably just a forklift. Yeah. So Remy the person Siri tries to cook and cars are like, stop it. What are you doing? You're gross and we don't like you. And again, I can't stress this enough. He looks exactly like Linguini from the movie Ratatouille just to make me laugh. But then he finds Lamborghini who wants to be a chef. I don't remember the plot of Ratatouille very well. Uh, I should have reviewed it before this episode. Well, there's there's uh, Remy, yes. and he doesn't fit in. He's not like the other rats, because he doesn't like over. eating actual garbage. Yeah. Uh, and because he doesn't like eating actual garbage, that like fosters within him a desire to cook <laughs> so that he can have nice food, because it's not like people are going to cook nice food for him. And from there, it like goes in between other storylines like, well, there's Linguini, who's just kind of not good and he wants to be, but he has no talent. So the rat fakes it for him and uh, that helps him become a top shelf chef. And uh, from there, there's this guy who's a real hard ass and he's like, I'm going to shut everything down because that's my whole steez. I'm a really harsh critic. And then he turns out is sympathetic because he used to be poor. And that's why he's an ass to everyone. Sure. I, I don't know, man. Uh, but <laughs> eventually of course, Everything gets shut down because it should, because it's infested with rats, and rats. the rats also abduct a man. Yeah. But, you know, that's going to be a lot less, like, cute when it's a bunch of people. <laughs> yes, the, the scenes... The fact that the size difference is significantly different is going to affect this movie so much. Because, mm-hmm. again, like, the guy they abduct... Even smaller than a normal guy. Yeah, so it's probably just a bunch of, like, they don't need, like, a crowd of rats like they do. It's just, uh, like, two. Like, four guys just pick up this smart car and drag him away. And, I don't know, man, that does seem very ominous when it's just people. (laughs) When it's just people taking a car in the cars first. Yeah, and instead of tying him up, they're either going to put, like, boots on him, or they're just going to take away his wheels. Ugh. And just four guys taking you apart. Very unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Remy and... Uh, where where does the movie differ? Where, where does it uh, need to go on a parallel path? Or where do we... Where does it stay the same, but we need to explain how it could stay the same? Since you remember the movie a little bit better than I do, quite frankly. Um, well, uh, it's kind of a, everything works out without it actually working out in the end. Yeah. And uh, 
the guy's heart grew three sizes because he tasted something that reminded of his dear old mama. Yeah. And uh, all that's nice, but also the uh, restaurant gets closed down for a little bit because the rampant infestation. I think the big divergence is, of course, going to be, oh, no, this is the manufacturer. Everything about our culture is going to change. But, I mean, everything about the humanity should change at the end of Ratatouille. It should. But I think I'm just a bit more human-centric-minded, where I'm like, yeah, but if the rats are replaced with just straight-up people, that's got to be bigger. But, John, imagine... Breaking news, folks. It seems that rats are sentient, and... If they get on your head, look out. Except it's worse, because, again, in this, they get inside of you. No, yeah, it is. I'm not disagreeing that it's worse in cars, because it is worse in cars, uh, especially with the manufacturer being, like, a known mythos. Uh, but I'm, I'm arguing not that it wouldn't be worse in cars, but that it should be worse than it is in Ratatouille. Absolutely. But again, like, think about the difference of you can just shave your head in our world. You can't get rid of your doors. You can lock them. We, we do know that you can lock your doors because in, in Cars yeah. 1, when Lightning is making the road, he sounds crazy to Minnie and Van and they both lock their doors and that has always bugged the hell out of us. As well it should. Yes. So, yeah, that could be a partial solution. But, I don't know. And I understand that saying that, like, society should change at the end of Ratatouille feels like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, it's a kid's movie. The rats can talk. Don't worry about it. Uh, In a different way than, you know, crapping on cars for 120 episodes. But, I don't know. And then just think about how just terrifying this movie is going to be when the swarming happens because they just come out of everywhere. Now imagine it's people and all of a sudden it's a horror film. Yeah. If we want to keep them as rat like as possible. And let me tell you, John, I do. They're going to be popping out of the vents and just like pouring out of the vents and they're going to be coming out of every nook and cranny And it's going to be extremely unsettling and painful to watch. Yeah, I'm imagining some, like, uh, does the girl who comes out of the TV in the ring have a name? Probably, but I don't know what it is. It's Ring Girl. Yeah, Ring Girl. (laughs) Sure. I imagine it's going to be very much like that, some, like, otherworldly contortions, if we want Mm -hmm. to keep them able to fit through spaces and in tight things, like rats. And... Gosh, I think that's, I'm decided that's the one scene I want to see from this movie is when all of the humans come out. Yep, that's these people, and that's like their moment of triumph. <laughs> Which, again, it's human-centric of me to just be like, yeah, and of course that's going to be much more impactful in the end. But like, how could it not be? <laughs> yeah, it, no, you're absolutely right that especially if the cars don't know they can be driven. I guess that's where I'm not connecting with it as much is in my head. 
the cars would, of course, no, they could be driven. They're cars. But why would they, I guess? But, like, you and me, we don't know that rats can control our bodies. <laughs> well, we've seen the documentary Ratatouille, so we do now. Uh, <laughs> but, like, not everyone's seen that. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I guess in the same way, I, I think my issue with that is, like, we know there are doctors... We know they look at the internal bits of a car, but I don't know. There are doctors in Ratatouille, and they didn't discover that at least in some people like Linguini, hair is connected directly to your central nervous system. I Uh, mean, who knows? Maybe that's true for us also, and we just don't know. And we'll never know. And it's kind of like appendices. We didn't know those did anything until like 10 years ago. Yeah true okay so they know that there's like a gas pedal and a brake and a steering wheel they just don't know what it's for i could see them even thinking it's part of like their brain almost Mm -hmm. like oh that's just the like how we have discovered that certain parts of the brains can control certain parts of things they're like oh that's part of my motor system (laughs) you get it uh etc okay yeah that works for me yeah okay yeah that's pretty horrifying i don't think people would be very okay with it but quite frankly people weren't very okay with the rats cooking and ratatouille so i guess yeah i we need to make this horror film happen i would love it because like the more i think about it i mean of course i want something exploring our version of the manufacturers in the cars first that's Absolutely. one of one of our theories that I enjoy the most. Like, I, it's not the one I believe in the most. That's probably just squishy bit in general. But it's the one that I enjoy thinking about the most. <laughs> and just being able to see into the manufacturer's subterranean society, where I imagine they're also eating the garbage of the cars, at least in this version of it. Well, here's a thing. Yeah. That is deeply upsetting. All of this is predicated on like the idea of how would it happen to us. But we're talking Pixar Studios. This is a movie within a movie. How would they make this movie? Can we keep the manufacturer? If we keep the manufacturer... That's to be pretty sanitized. It, it's going to be very sanitized. And also, it, it's going to be... I don't know, like, there's a dual layer of animation there, and, like, is it gonna be scarier if it's human beings animated by cars? Do you know? Okay. Let's extrapolate a little bit. Because, like, we made Remy cute. We made the rats cute. But, like, it's still creepy. It's still unsettling. When you see things like the rats pouring out onto everything and coming out of every little crevice, it's still creepy. Now imagine it's people. Even if it's cuter versions of people, is there a way to not make that super unsettling? Well, the thing you got to remember about Pixar Studios is they don't make cutesy animated movies. They make animated movies, sure. But... They make photorealistic animated movies. Yeah, because it's animated 
exactly the way that the real world is animated. Yes, exactly. So I don't know what that affects exactly, but it's it's not going to be like two layers deep of like cutification. It's just going to be cars level of making them cuter. So, ah, oh man. Okay. Which so, does raise the question, which humans are the manufacturer with respect to, of course, Wally? Are they just straight up humans or are they the animated ones that are a little bit squishier? I mean, okay. What I imagine is just an incredibly pale, like very emaciated race of people, you know, you're common mole people is what I imagine. I know what you're saying about we often connect it to Wally, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I don't know that it is directly connected to the Wally people. Well, you're saying mole people, and that has me thinking of, of course, straight up the Incredibles. The Underminer? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Is it just him and his folk? Probably not him specifically, because he was very mean. But I think... I think both in either Incredibles or Incredibles 2, he does insinuate that he's not just a weird guy, that he is, in fact, literally a mole person from a race of mole people. So, yeah, sure. It's the Underminer. The, the manufacturers and cars are Underminer's people. It works for me. <laughs> Why not? We're saying a lot of stuff in this episode. Why not say that? I mean, because if that is the case, I must point out, that that means their main uh like transportation is just a vehicle. We have an immediate thing of there's a person they control, yeah. so they already know how to do it. So right. more people just instinctually in, in this universe would know how to do it. See, I would say if they're the manufacturer, they just have intimate knowledge of how cars work. True, like, true. Like, especially if we're saying they not just make the world around the cars, but the cars themselves, they would know how to do that. This one's heavy, man. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to be so heavy. It's the thing. I mean, if it's the manufacturer, it's the manufacturer. But most of this conversation for Pixcar Studios has just been, what's a rat? I mean, sometimes that's what it is, baby. Yeah, We could have yeah. talked about France or cooking. Uh, or art, or cooking, uh, but we didn't. We just talked about rats. That's fine. But I do, in fact, have a wiki quote of the day, and John, it's going to change the whole conversation way too late in the game because yeah. we are going over to worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com slash wiki slash gas toes. And, John, okay. the restaurant in Ratatouille is gas toes, you know? This mm -hmm. is that one, but well, in Ratatouille, it's uh, Gustos. Gustos, yeah. But in Cars, it also exists <laughs> as Gas Toes, spelled G A S T O W apostrophe S. Uh, it's just in the background in Cars too. We're sorry, John. I tricked you. We haven't been talking about the plot to a movie within a movie this whole time. We've been just talking about something that probably actually happened in the real cars verse this whole time. Okay, but here's the here's the here's the rub. There, uh, Gusto's is a real restaurant. Is it? 
Not really. It, okay. it is, <laughs> but it's a restaurant like Disneyland Paris. It's oh, yeah, in Disneyland yeah. Paris. Yeah. So there is a uh, Gusto's, but it's after the fact. So you could explain it as maybe this is just a themed restaurant in the middle of Paris, a city full of people famously who love kitschy tourist things, of course. Of course. Uh, based on the movie Race of to- Toily, which uh, <laughs> still getting me. But I prefer to believe that, no, just Race of Toily happened in Cars. It's not a movie. It just happened. Maybe it is a movie, but it's just a documentary. So if it did, in fact, just straight up happen, yeah. my new theory is that that's when the religion of manufacturism started. Understandably. Absolutely. Lucas, I didn't remember what his first name was. Oh, Alfredo? Yep. Yeah, Linguini. His name is Alfredo Linguini. <sighs> Good. <laughs> Which, if you don't remember Alfredo, uh, tires. Yeah, there are, there are a type of tires. The white walls that lightning gets actually are called Alfredo or Fettuccini, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, th- the brand is Alfredo. Fettuccini is one of the like subsets, one of the products that the brand makes. Oh, boy. Good. Oh, boy. I think we've gotten to the end of the episode. I don't know, man. Long story short, Ratatouille sure sure would be weird if it was animated by a bunch of cars. Or live action (laughs) in a Cars world. If it just happened in the Cars first, which it might have. I don't know. You decide. If you think it happened in Cars, you can tell us (laughs) by sending us an email like our friend of the show jack sent us to inspire this episode once again thank you to jack for doing so also once again i know i was giving you some grief about rick and morty i genuinely don't even think it's a bad idea just for some reason i don't want to do it so we're probably not going to do cars rick and morty but we do really appreciate you listening and always sending in ideas it means the world to us and thank you specifically for this one because it's a full episode of our podcast and we didn't even have to think of it if you want to be like jack send us an email by sending it to thekachat at gmail.com or you can even tweet at us follow us that's it on twitter uh at the kachat is that and now john says his stuff with the exact same level of energy i've brought to the outro for no reason remember to like comment subscribe tell anyone and everyone who might be the least bit interested in this kooky quirky strange little podcast and until next time Remember to flow like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer. (laughs)